and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 18, The Loneliness of Leadership. Yes, uh, I read a quote recently that had the phrase, uh, the loneliness of leadership, and it just stuck in my head and in my heart. And I'm like, why is that? So I'm hoping that this podcast is actually a little counseling because I still haven't figured out why that is, except I possibly am feeling lonely as a leader. And um, I just want to talk about that and loneliness on the in in general in our culture is like an epidemic and mm. so i want to talk about that but uh and we could go a bunch of different ways uh but i really want to talk about it as it relates to leadership but before we go there um and even to the question of the week i actually want to talk about a couple changes that are happening at himh at hole in my heart ministries of which i'm the executive director and matt you're not going to be with us anymore Sadly, sadly, no. What? I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> big deal. Will you still be on the podcast? I will still be on the podcast, but we are we are shifting the the structure, I guess, of the ministry is the best way to put it. Yep. Um, and I am actually going to be focusing more on counseling, and so we're moving the counseling to its own separate entity, um, and then then hole in my heart will will continue to function as it has, just not with the counseling as a part of the actual ministry structure. And the biggest reason, so here's the thing, HIMH is still going to do the same sort of things. And um, we'll be able to refer to counseling uh, organizations such as Matt's at Caring Well Counseling. Now, the biggest reason we did this, we did not have a falling out. We're still married. We still love each other. We're holding hands right now. Uh, it is really for liability's sake um, is because... We work in a controversial conversation and um, counseling is controversial in it. Uh, Even though we don't do reparative therapy, there's nothing like that. We just thought it would be wise to be proactive. Um, And so being proactive, uh, we we had Matt um, really just separate and do his own thing. And so he's not on the board. He's nothing. And I was actually grieving uh, because he's just going to serve as a a volunteer, essentially, with this podcast. He's going to still speak with me when invited. He's still going to write as a guest blogger. But I just was adjusting the website and I like removed his picture i was like having this grief because i've been so excited for him to do his own thing and still like um i'll be honest it's going to be really good for our marriage Mm. to not both be leading an organization and then also be married uh so there's some wisdom beyond uh the uh the litigious nature if you will um but i think that's actually going to be really helpful for our friendship what do you think matt yeah well and i'm i'm excited because i feel like the you know, we've been wearing these multiple hats, especially with one another, you yeah. know, and doing the ministry and, and being married and, you know, working alongside and living alongside and, and everything. And um, to be able to just wear one hat as your <laughs> husband yes. is, is going to be really refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, husband and co-parent right. as opposed to husband, co-parent, friend, ministry, yep. subordinate slash partner slash. Right. Cause I, you were my boss and yeah, I was your boss. It was so weird. <laughs> and so even today I like noticed, I was like, Oh, look at the gift of what we're, this transition is um, today you had supervision. So Matt is working to get his full licensure. He has to do like 7 trillion hours. And part of them is um, supervised. Uh, and so he was going to travel and do that. And usually I'm like, but I need you to get things done. And I was like, go get it. 
be free, little bird. <laughs> like I was really actually his cheerleader as opposed to kind of like, <clears throat> but I have my agenda. So mm-hmm. I am looking forward to it for many reasons, but there's still some grieving because for the last two and a half years, it's been you and me, babe. Mm-hmm. Um, but God has been growing us. We have a director of operations now, Lisa, who is a rock star. Our board is expanding. Um, the opportunities are expanding and it's kind of fun to just bless each other mm-hmm. <laughs> in this new phase. So that's our update. If you've got any questions about that, just hit us up. Um, I'm sure I'll write a blog or something about it to kind of explain the not to the non-podcast listeners. Uh, but now we're going to move into the question of the week that has to do with Christmas, because mm-hmm. we've been talking about Christmas for about a month. We're going to keep <laughs> it going. Well, the last week I asked, uh, when is it Christmas for you? What has to happen? What do you have to eat or hear, or smell or do? What is mm-hmm. it? Well, I mean, it used to be for me that that Christmas was relegated to immediately after Thanksgiving. Mm. It would not, you know, take one second of my time before Thanksgiving. Um, Now, now that I have kids, it's like as soon as I can start buying them Christmas presents and (laughs) and putting up the lights at the house, like it's kind of nuts. And so, I mean, for me this year, Christmas started like at the end of October. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, even like pre-Halloween, I'm like, hmm, thinking Christmas. But yeah, it used to be very hard line Thanksgiving and not a second earlier. That's pretty adorable in how like the Christmas light putting up has gotten like a little outrageous yeah. at our house so he just goes to town um and he's now we like do like neighborhood drives around and we're like okay we could do this and we could do this and we, we're not gonna do it all this year we don't have the money for it but it's it's sweet to see it'll slowly build yeah for me um kind of the opposite yeah i'm not sure why i i was thinking the other day you know we talk a lot at work about like what are your christmas traditions and you know unique christmas traditions or ones that kind of everybody does and yeah your unique spin on it and i got thinking what are the traditions you used to have but <laughs> no longer do for whatever reason yeah. i think for us it's just the age our kids are at, right you know where right. they're sort of leaving the nest and um so it's we don't have that little kid thing anymore mm-hmm. um and I was thinking about this question and I was like, I feel like it's probably once I start my like vacation from work, you know what I'm saying? Like once I'm off work and I can actually be home and the kids obviously uh, who still live with us are not in school. And so we're all there together. Mm -hmm. So there it's kind of like, like how I feel like it was a hundred years ago where people were like, what's his name? Um, from a Christmas Carol, who's like working right up to the like. Oh yeah, Scrooge. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and Bob Cratchit was that yeah, the guy yeah, who yeah. worked for him? Yeah. yeah. He was like, it's Christmas Eve. Can I go home a little Could early? I have a day you know? off. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's yeah. It's it's right there. The, uh-huh. the few days before where I actually can. Yeah, I'm home. Totally. And now we're gonna wrap the presents and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's, I love it. Mm-hmm. For me, it's snow, and right now we're in the middle of a snowmageddon here in Michigan. We barely got here. Not really, but like, you know, it's about a foot Mm -hmm. we'll get, I'm guessing. And it's you can't see the road and whatever, inches of snow. Um, But that's a big piece for me. Also, I love Amy Grant's 1992 (laughs) Christmas (laughs) CD. 
And Matt hates it. This is a battle in our is house. The, is that the one with Breath of Heaven on it? Okay. Yeah, I actually yeah. like that song. That's a good song. Yeah. I've, I've appreciated that one, but I am much more of a Trans-Siberian Orchestra guy. Oh, yes. So. There are two types of people in this world. Those who like Trans-Siberian Orchestra and those who don't. Mm-hmm. I do not. Once again, I fall into the Matt camp. Yeah. <laughs> TSO. Oh. Yep. I had not even heard them until we started dating. And he was like, yeah, so I'm like going to a concert. And I'm like, ew. <laughs> so, I was like, is it just long hair and like It is guitars? exactly what you would he, imagine. Oh, I yeah. thought you'd be like, no, 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 you judgmental jerk. But totally is. Oh, yeah, no, it was terrible. If you've never been to a concert, and I don't know how they do them now, but when I went, there were literally at the corners of the stage, there were two women with their like feathered Ugh, hair, so and cute. they were literally just headbanging like back and forth. <laughs> oh, my no goodness. instruments. Doing nothing else. <laughs> wow. And it was, I was like, what is going on? And there's like flames shooting yeah. up all over That's the place. That's what I and picture. Like, well, it's, it's exactly what I pictured, but I didn't think it would actually happen. <laughs> there was so much okay, joy in seeing what? that I was just like... Laser lights? Come on, laser oh, lights. Oh, of course. Big time. Of course. Are yeah. you like doing like rocking fingers? What What are you doing in am, that moment? I am weeping with joy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, whatever. Okay, my last thing that it's like Christmas is this dorky not even Jesus focused at all advent calendar that we did called Berry Merry Christmas. And you like move this little bear every day as it finds Christmas. And finally it's in its living room. It has nothing to do with Jesus. It has everything to do with me being an impatient kid wanting it to be Christmas. <laughs> wanting to move the bear to number 25. Right. Well, with 12 bajillion, si- sorry, 11 siblings, not a bajillion. Uh, but it would be like run down at 6 a.m. and change the bear and whatever. My dog ate the actual bear, so it's a lame one now. But I I, I, that was the one thing I shanked from my parents. <laughs> so sorry, siblings who are listening. I got it. Well, Vengeance is mine. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, let's, not that we haven't been goofy already, let's mm. move to Goofball Island. And actually, this is going to be a not Christmas related, and I'm calling it Gory Island because mm. we're going to talk about childhood <laughs> trauma. Not really, but like, you know, your scars. And we will take a moped. <laughs> about all the sound effects I make you find, that, That's Steve. okay. That's okay. That one, I don't know, for some reason, I feel like, I don't know why, people in the U.S. ride yeah. mopeds, but I just picture like some kind of like Caribbean island. Oh, like there we a go. Haitian kid on a moped. I don't I know why. I can see that. All right. Yeah. I see it. On I dig it. On a dirt road. Uh, so I'll start with my gory island. Uh, like, So it's basically I'm asking you, you know, the scars that you still have or had as a kid. We're like, yeah, this one I totally got like this way. So I woke up from my nap. I was six years old and my older sister, Susie, who was 12 at the time, because she's six years older. She's like, come on, Lori, let's take the moped down our quarter mile, not paved gravel uh, driveway. I'm surprised you were able to get back on a moped to get to this island. Yeah, I know. I have since worked through it. Thank you for that. Good good job. Sensitivity. Appreciate it. Proud of you. Thank you. So she gets on front and I get on the back and somehow we biff it because it's gravel and she's 12 and um, we get bloodied up. I'm going to show you my scars now. There's like you could barely see it on my right mm. arm. It was like gushing and on my right knee and my little my older sister is tiny. She's been smaller than me for most of my life. <laughs> like just she's just petite and I'm just tall and me and um, she like is convinced I'm going to die. And so she picks me up as I'm bleeding and she's bleeding. And she's like, this is going to be my last act. And like picks me up like Jesus with a lamb. <laughs> carries me back down the quarter mile driveway. And so we have matching scars and that's our story. Wow. 
Did Jesus actually pick up a lamb like that? No, but in every Jesus picture, okay. don't you just see him carrying a lamb was, over his shoulders? I was imagining, like, did yeah. she actually put you over her shoulders? No, like, but like, uh, she okay. did it more the in front She's Jesus. Cradled. She yeah, was the a strong 12-year-old. Yes. Yeah. She was a wow. strong, scrawny 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Battle wounds, guys? Yeah. So I've got a, a nice one. And my next door neighbor was our, was our babysitter. Um, her name was Svenja. Um, and one day my, my parents, I was really young and my parents were getting ready to go on a date and my dad had like the, the pickup truck with the, the camper shell mm-hmm. on the oh, back. Yeah. And so, you know, for fun, he would drive really slowly around our cul-de-sac and me and my brother would like hang onto the handles to open the, the oh, camper yeah. shell. Toast. And, and so I'm just not thinking and I'm like, I'm going to stand on the back while they're getting ready to go for their date. And so they don't know I'm back there holding on and they start getting up to speed. And I'm like, oh crap, what do I do? Like 55 miles an hour? No, no. We were like still in the neighborhood. Like, I mean, we were probably going like 15, but it's still fast enough. Uh You know, and so I'm like, what do I do? I know I'll jump off. Yep. And, you know, because, you know, Bugs Bunny did. And (laughs) he would just just roll. Wiley Coyote. See, the, the thing that I forgot is to roll. I, I didn't. Oh. I ended up just planting my hands and knees into the pavement. Oof. You also forgot you're not a cartoon. I am yeah. also not a cartoon. <laughs> although, try as I might, I um, <laughs> we are digressing. Wiley Coyote, you <laughs> would. <laughs> I don't know. He's a handsome fella. Anyway, okay. anyway, I just planted my hands and knees into the ground and just, oh. like, I mean, I was, I was heavily bleeding. And yeah. I, I mean, the babysitter probably had to be... 16, 17 years old. And here I am like seven. And you know, I, I just have to give a shout out to her. If she's listening, thank you for, for taping up my knees and my hands and your parents just like gunned it. And they they didn't know until they got home. (laughs) Yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, this was the story, babe. (laughs) (laughs) You're ruining my child. Of course I was wounded. I jumped off the back of a moving truck. Emotionally. (laughs) Well, now I am, (laughs) but yeah, they didn't know until they got home and they walk in and I'm like covered in, in bandages and they're like, what happened? And you did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> One unbandaged finger. <laughs> out you. <laughs> okay. That's good. Oh, boy. I'm, yeah. Uh, okay, for me, I was about uh, 10 or 11, I think, and I went on a bike ride with my buddy Joey. Joey Shearer, who lived down the road, he was like, we're going to go meet this kid I met. I know he told me where he lives and it was like way out of our neighborhood. Okay. So it was like going to be an adventure to the other side of town, quote fingers. And, um, so we're on our 10 speeds Yeah. and 10 speeds. Yeah. And he's like hot dogging in front of me. He's like zipping back and forth, showing off. And, um, his back tire hits my front tire. I just go down and the, um, surface we were on was kind of gravelly also. Uh. So not real stable on our little thin 10 speed tires mm-hmm. so anyways i go down scrape bad and uh get a bunch of dirt and filth on it uh. and everything and there was this like pharmacy real close to where we were How and joey convenient. goes yeah joey says i know the doctor that works in there he'll patch you up and then we can keep going i'm like okay and uh yeah so we go in there and it's this pharmacist you know but yeah. he's wearing the white 
coat. So you think doctor. It wasn't, wasn't right? white for long. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> bleeding out on him. So we go help. And so he, this guy, I feel like now, like he would be some kind of like almost half hippie, like who knows yeah. exactly what he's dealing out of this pharmacy. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. And, one in every town. Right, right. So he's like, yeah, come on back here. And there's <laughs> oh, no. this like washroom, you know, and he's like, yeah, rinse it off. And he <laughs> makes this like bandage and he puts some kind of like ointment or something on it and he puts it on and I'm I promise you he said now leave that on there for a week and you'll be fine <laughs> no, no 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 it wasn't a week it was a day I'm sorry it's 24 <laughs> hours leave it on there for 24 oh, hours one, one, yes. one of the seven I promise it was 24 hours yeah yeah so uh, I'm like okay but I was like feeling woozy by that time I'm like oh, Joey no. I don't think I'm gonna go on the adventure I'm heading back home oh, so what I was in home. that ointment well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I go home. My parents say, what happened? And I tell them, and the doctor said, leave it on for 24 hours. And, I, and I, my dad was kind of like, hmm. So the <laughs> next day, same time, I peel that thing off, and oh, no. it was a mess. It was not good. This thing should have had stitches. And my dad's like, what are you? And he's trying to wash it, and I'm like screaming. screaming. Look at this. It's my only tattoo. I still got dirt <gasps> oh, wow. from... Shut your mouth. Pennsylvania. He's got dirt right there. in his arm like, yep. a, like a geologist. Yes. He's collecting it's, it. It's, yeah. You know. Wow, that's a yeah. good one. I love your voices, too. I could see the characters. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's that, like, mean kid on Polar Express. I got kids. Ugh. Oh. But, you know, that mm-hmm. kid, that was kind of his voice. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> okay, well, I could just keep talking this with y'all mm. like this all day, but we got to get a little bit serious. That's what we do around here. So we're going to shift to the heart of the matter, and we're talking about leadership and the loneliness in it. Um, so first of all, leadership was a big focus at our university, which I'm really grateful for. There's a lot I learned from it. But do you guys consider yourself a leader? And have you always? I certainly have not always. Okay. I mean, I think I sort of almost grudgingly do now like i i recognize okay i'm a dad i have to lead them you know and um so it's not something that i feel like in terms of identity but more just kind of like label or title okay and it's kind of like begrudgingly ish yeah that's fine yeah yeah Yeah. we're we lead a small group Uh a church small group oh there you go awesome awesome people yeah and i think we try to kind of like have a philosophy of we we all are sort of co-leaders of this thing yeah you know but somebody does kind of have to you have the point person yeah yeah yeah. right right so i would consider myself a natural born leader but i don't think i always uh stepped into it until like so again ninth out of 12 kids it was kind of like whenever somebody went to college like the next level is like the next regime stepped up Mm. and like the whole tenor of the family changed depending on who was the oldest at home it was really weird i know i don't talk about these things but that's like how it went so like when lish was the oldest one that's the third oldest or like john it just and so when it was my turn i just stepped up into it and um, I actually got a talking to by my sixth oldest sister, the moped one, who was mm-hmm. also kind of like a good mom type figure for me. And she's like, Lori, you're the oldest one at home. It's basically, it was like the take the mantle. She's like, you're responsible for them. Mm-hmm. And it just that's how. And again, my parents, they were part of it. But it was also, again, there's 12 of us. And so it was really critical, our roles. And so I was like, OK, I'm in charge here. And so I wasn't necessarily taking that, but she just kind of lit a fire in me. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take them to the beach. I'm going to I would like teach them things and ask them questions. But uh, yeah, so I, I would say I am. And um, the second one was, what was it that I, have I always been? No. Yeah. So I just answered that. 
Yeah, I, I that for me is still something that I feel like I'm growing into. Um, I, I was, you know, the youngest child, so I never had to be that leader at home. Um, and I, I feel like once, you know, since we've been married, I've grown in my leadership at home at our yeah. house with the kids and with you. Um, but still, like, there's this sense of like vocational leadership that I mm-hmm. associate with like the high drive you know, high, like the, if you're familiar with the disc test, like the mm. driver, you mm-hmm. know, the task focused, telling you what to do type of thing. And I'm, I'm much more of a, Hey, let's, I'm going to come alongside you. I'm going to ask a lot of questions. Hi, I'm a counselor. It's what I do. Mm. Um, and, and so that, that part still has a little bit of dissonance with me as far as, as leadership in the workplace that doesn't necessarily have to be the high drive, high task oriented type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I feel like that's, that's an area that I'm growing in, but I don't, I don't feel like I've ever considered myself like a, a stereotypical leader naturally. It's, it's been interesting because I am, and I'm even like the high, I can be a driver and vocationally. And so even what we are talking about with the shift in our ministry, cause there was a time when Matt was the executive director and I, um, that was just not a good vocational role for you because I would be as your subordinate, like be thinking of X, Y, Z and frustrated because you weren't doing X, Y, Z. And it caused some pretty intense conversations. We'll just call them fights. Mm. <laughs> uh, but then when I became the executive director for really the sake of our marriage, um, that was, it was helpful for us that shift mm-hmm. Um but it's been interesting too. So now I'm going to shift more into that leadership conversation because like when you were the leader or when I was the leader, I remember us saying even to each other who are married to one another and see each other all the time. We're like, I just feel so lonely in this, in this, like I'm the only one doing this. And is that just how everyone feels all the time? Like, or, or is that like, so Elizabeth Elliot said, loneliness is a required course for leadership. So essentially, like, it's a class you got to go through and it's required. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Like, I, I just want to talk about that more. Do you agree with mm-hmm. that? Disagree with that? Loneliness uh, is a required I, course for leadership. I do think people who are in, in leadership positions, especially, you know, I mean, this is something that I've talked to a few pastors and and especially like the head pastor, whoever's the like top guy, yeah. like the buck stops here. You 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 literally have no peers. Mm -hmm. Um, like in your organization or in your church. And so there's, you know, you have people that you can talk to, but there's always a sense that you are the point person. And so you have to like kind of pave the trail. And um, there is loneliness there because you don't have someone who can be like, wow, I am struggling. Like I am vulnerable. Like you can't be as vulnerable Mm -hmm. because then it can undermine, like people would... Mm-hmm. would start to not necessarily trust your leadership and and you you need those people who are at the same level or or going a little before you and it's like as that point person you you only have the people who are maybe following very closely behind. Yeah, I think um of the many tasks of a leader, one is to, you know, cast vision. First right. of all, get a vision and then, you know, kind of try to impart that and cast that and, and at least communicate it to those you're leading. Right. Uh, and then you go, all right, guys, let's go. You right. know, and it's like, um, how can one be a leader if if one has no followers? You know, mm-hmm. like um, I've found at times when I feel like I am enthusiastic and trying to inspire 
and go, all right, let's go. And, you know, whatever the task is, whatever the thing is that is the vision that's been cast. If people are like, mm, and hanging yeah, back, right. that's where I feel that loneliness. Am yeah. I the only one doing this? Am I the only one who cares? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and so I guess that's where I have felt loneliness. Um, totally. Which yeah. it seems required because in order to cast that vision, you have to be courageous and step into really like no man's land. Yeah. Like there is nothing ahead of you. That always makes me think the movie Wonder Woman, which I loved so much, but when she stepped into no man's land and yeah, do you remember that part? Yes. And so she used to go and like rescue those people. I was like weeping was watching World that War part. I. Yes. Yeah, yeah. World War One. And she steps into like this space where they have each side has been fighting. Um, and then there's this middle ground and she hears like these kids crying and these mm. people like, please help. And so in order to do that, she has to step into this very volatile place and uh, go first, essentially. And it's been really interesting in this job um, and starting a ministry and foraging what pioneering really is what it feels like Mm. quite often. And so not only is it lonely, just it's like just lonely, like nationally and like uh, globally in this conversation and with this voice. And um, so I watched that moment. I'm like crying because there's been so many moments uh, in doing this ministry where I feel like I'm waiting for someone else to say what's in my heart. Like I'm waiting for someone else to say, and then I can click like, (laughs) I can say, (laughs) listen to them, follow them. And there are people who I do really appreciate, but I think that's because God has given me who is a leader and is called to lead uh, a vision. And so I have to step into it. And sometimes you get hit, you know, Mm -hmm. that as a leader, like I know our uh, mentor Davey's like, when you are the leader, the hits come on you, but you share in the glory. You spread mm. the glory around to your people, but you take the pain. And I'm like, that sounds horrible, <laughs> but it is very Jesus. Um, and it is very Christ-like as Christ followers. And uh, so maybe that's what I'm feeling inside. Mm. Like just as I look nationally and as I'm asking the Lord for vision, looking to 2018 and being like, God, what do you want? And as Matt exits, maybe that's part of it too, is as much as I looked to you and was like, I'm so alone. (laughs) And then you're like, I'm right here. I think uh, this proverb is true. And I'm sure I've quoted it before. It says it's Proverbs 1410. Each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can fully share its joy. So each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can fully share its joy. So no, no one else can fully get you the way that you want to as a leader or as a person. And I think that's just why we have the Holy Spirit to be the one to complete us. Um, so on leadership, we mentioned this last week that I was going on a silent retreat. Matt, homie, you went uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, I just called you homie, whatever. Um, but th- it was really like a leadership reflection. And I'm going to post these 12 questions that our mentor Dave gave to us. And um, there were a few that stood out to us. Like I know mm-hmm. that passion one is my passion hot uh, are my fears at bay? That was one that I wanted to ask and dig into. Matt, what did you say for that one? Um, I feel like it's it's growing. Your fears? Well, the the putting them at bay is growing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I'm getting more and more afraid. Let's. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I, I I feel like it it is my confidence is is growing, and you know, having stepping into a, a you know a new vocation, well, not new vocation, still counseling, but stepping into a new organization, forming this organization, especially when I was first looking at it, I'm like, shoot, 
I'm going to be taking on interns. I'm going to have to be a leader. And, yeah. and that was scary because I've, I've not really looked at myself as that naturally. And, and so, but as I've gotten kind of to take the step by step, okay, like let's, you know, form the LLC. Let's, you know, next is going to be apply for the EIN number and then, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then even just like changing all of our intake forms and just doing the minutia stuff like just taking a step forward in that like one step at a time yeah like and it's something that i have to keep reminding myself like i am an expert Mm. you know at what i do i'm not like the top person in the world i mean that would be that would take a lot but like compared to someone who's you know fresh out of their master's program compared to the vast majority of of people in the world i i am very well educated in the things that i do and, and therefore, I, I need to stop looking at myself as somehow not capable of leading. Even though it might not be natural, I know that I, I can be capable. Mm. Um, and, and that, I feel like, is the, the heart change that, that God is starting to, to put in me as, as I take steps forward. So it's a lot of like, that's called like thought stopping, right? Like stopping the negative and then replacing it with positive. What else are you doing? Like, because that, that's nice but i know mm-hmm. when push comes to shove if i'm getting shoved in front of people who are uh, are angry or my own doubts mm-hmm. i can drown in them i can drown in my own fear so what else are you doing well and i mean ultimately if you if you want to take it to the the very core it's you know in my prayer life it's it's going to god and saying okay you know what god you're actually responsible for this yeah. like i'm gonna, i'm going to do the things that I can do, but ultimately the success or failure yep. of, of the organization, like God, if you want to bless it, you can, if yep. you want it to shut down, it doesn't matter how hard I work, it'll shut down, you know? And so ultimately it's up to him. And I have to trust that I have to follow him yep. because even though I'm a leader in the organization, the, the tangible physical leader in the organization, I, I am not only a leader. I am also, I, I have to be a follower. Amen. Um, because I'm, you know, I can't just blaze the trail on my own and do my own thing. It has to be where God is leading me. Yeah, I love it. And um, in answer to that question, I just wrestled and looked inward and upward. And I, I got to a point where I'm also, it's also increasing the, the, the putting my fears at bay. Um, and really it comes with staring at God for mm-hmm. me is I am, the more I stare at God, and the like, really, like I am praying over this ministry. I'm praying over Matt, praying over me, but just staring at him. And the more I study this conversation, the more I study God's arc plot design for all of us, mm. the more confident I am in it. Like, I, and so today we went and recorded a podcast and, um, I was like, at first I was nervous and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not nervous because I am so confident in God. I am so confident that God has a design and we, in, in submission to God's design, we find joy and freedom and hope and everything our hearts are longing for. So I'm like, I just get to talk about God. And so it doesn't matter if you don't like me or disagree with me or scream at me. I'm like, I believe what I'm saying is true. And really at the end of the day, you don't report to me. You don't have to, you don't, we don't have to agree. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's not about me. I'll just do one more question and then we'll, um, we'll, we'll post the rest of these online. Um, but what about the, is my pace sustainable? <laughs> I mean, that's been one that we've, we've talked about 
together and with Dave, you know, multiple times. And, and I'm interested to see how that changes with the, the shift mm-hmm. in, in the structure of the ministry and everything. But I mean, at, at how it was, you know, a couple of weeks ago before right. the conference, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, you know, and even in the immediate aftermath of, of the conference, you know, aftermath is a good word because it really felt like there was just this explosion of stuff that happened and we were in kind of cleanup recovery mode. Right. You know, and, and so, you know, up till recently, no. And yeah. and it's something that I would hope and I'm, I'm looking to change going forward to, to really put up, you know, enough boundaries that we can have enough time to rest so that this is a sustainable future and not just something that we're going to run as hard as we can for, you know, three months, six months, two years, and yep. then just like crash. crash. Cause mm-hmm. we've done that before. I've done that. It's mm-hmm. like how I used to live my, that's like kind of how you're trained in taking exams, you know, in mm-hmm. college yeah. and as a student. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not a sustainable life. And that's probably a big reason why our generation or people flip from job to job is mm-hmm. you just burn out and then you don't want to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found as I have been taking some intentional time for prayer and like getting up early. And I don't say this to pat myself on the back. I'm saying this because I really need Jesus hard. (laughs) Right now, this is a season where I really, well, I always do. But right now, um, when I align my heart to him, it's so crazy how I have like more energy to do Mm -hmm. other things. Like when I start my pace, pacing to God's pace like everything else i'm like i want to get up and help the kids i want to go shovel the walk and um it's so strange because if i eliminate that or sleep for that extra hour it's weird how i'm actually more tired during the day Mm -hmm. and uh feel worse about myself um all right so again we'll post those online and they're just really if you're a leader of any capacity uh i really think it'd be wise to take some time and reflect yeah um and think about like what's what's going on especially here at the end of the year and looking toward mm-hmm. the next year um and that's actually going to lead us to the next the question of the week which is what is a word you have for the year you hear people doing that um like what's a word for the year and i've done that a few years in a row and i mm-hmm. think i already have mine matt i think you have yours mm-hmm. so Steve, I mean, get on it. (laughs) You don't have to have one, but if there was to be one that maybe God is like, Hey, this is direction. Do you ever do that? Um, well, (laughs) interesting. So I got your notes, uh, just in preparation for this podcast. And I looked at the questions on, uh, you know, the self-leadership questions and I was like, you know, I, I, I was like, I, I need time to work mm. through these. Mm-hmm. You know, I really am hoping that I have an opportunity during the time off yeah. uh, for the holidays yeah. to at least process a few of these. It yeah. was just kind of overwhelming to kind of just see them all kind of laid out in front <laughs> totally. of me so much so that I missed this question of the week. Yeah. So this is um, going to be about a word for the year yeah. until I was reviewing it just before yeah. you guys got here. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I missed that word for the year. And I was like, literally, I was like, I don't know, Lord, discipleship. It was like, <gasps> boom, the word, it was, it was like very much like, okay. And it's something chance. that he has been talking to me about mm-hmm. just for the last, I don't know, maybe less than a month, just a few weeks. That's amazing. Um, so, well, I want to dig into that more yeah. next week when we launch into it. So mm-hmm. let's, okay. let's step into that and yep. maybe God between now and then, if it was that quick, that's how I've had it with words of the year. It's like, I just know it before I finish right. the question. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I know so, I wasn't supposed to answer till the next podcast. Yeah, you kind of jumped again a little Sorry bit. Sorry about that. That's, all right. <laughs> no, that's just a tease for next that's next a, episode. That's a tease for <laughs> next week. You tease. Okay. So we no, but I love that you shared that because it's just so God's here. Mm. Um so thanks so much for listening to the Hole in My Heart podcast. I hope you heard something today about how the gospel is good news for everybody every day, even for those of us who are leaders and lonely or just lonely and <laughs> need something. So um, we'll post a few of the links that we talked about today. And next week, we're going to be talking about friendship uh, and having my friend Amber on, who is the first female peer I had, I came out to. And I'm really excited for you all to meet her and talk about our words for the year. All right, see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Hole in My Heart podcast. The gospel is good news for everybody every day. Explore HIMHministries.com for all that Matt and Lori Krieg have to offer, including previous episodes. You can also find us, and we hope you'll subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and tune in. And if you'd like to answer our question of the week, or if you have any questions or suggestions, email us at podcast at HIMHministries.com. 